Guys, just quick update. Tam's in Althwaite just followed me on Twitter. I don't know who that is. She was, oh. in, she was in EastEnders. She was a great beauty. Is that real? It's real. The thing about you is I never know you're just making up weird lies. Why would I make... <laughs> Hello and welcome to Failing Better, a self-improvement comedy podcast with me, Johnny Pelham, and my co-host... Sean McLaughlin. And together, Hello. we are <laughs> failing better. Woohoo! This is oh. the fifth time we've done that, isn't it, Sean? Johnny is the fifth, but you know what they always say? Fifth time lucky. I they think we've really do. nailed that. I'm in Bradford, and I should say it's not because we forgot our names, although that did happen once. And <laughs> The third uh, one, jo- third, third attempt, Johnny introduced himself as Sean McLaughlin, <laughs> and... Uh, Everything after that was sort of compromised. <laughs> but, but apart from that one minor error, all the rest of the mistakes have been essentially that I'm in Bradford uh, at my parents' home and the internet does not work. So this might be the lost episode, or it might be our best episode yet. There's only yeah. one way to find out, and that's to keep listening to Failing Battle. If you're, yeah, if you're listening to this right now, uh, then... Frankly, this has gone better than we anticipate because we've started this recording kind of expecting it to, to cut out. But so far, so good. This is the furthest we've got, I think, without any major glitches, right, Johnny? I think so. I think that is true. And it's quite exciting, also slightly nerve-wracking. There's a real pressure to say something good. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, it could go at any time. Let's both quickly say something really good and then whatever happens, then we've said something really good. All right. Um, uh, so, uh, uh, social justice is the only end, logical endpoint, uh, and there is no climate change without social justice. Uh, Elvis Presley, two good fingers were said there. You made a good moral point. I turned a famous singer, and uh, I think we both did very well with that task. Get us on Taskmaster, please. <laughs> Get us on Taskmaster, where we too can, can do what we just did. I mean, that's what they've been missing, I think. Yeah, to people who, who are idiots. Would you, have you ever been approached for Taskmaster, Johnny? Of course not. If I'd been approached for Taskmaster, I'd be on Taskmaster. I wouldn't turn it down in a million years. It's really good money, apparently. Are you serious? I turned it down. Have you turned it down? Yeah, four times. Really? What were your reasons? Because I didn't want to show disloyalty to this podcast. <laughs> I said, you... look, I'm sorry, I've got, my own, I've got my own major project. It's called Failing Better. Do you see them as in direct competition then? I guess they're, they're similar in that sense of they're both people trying to do seemingly impossible tasks and getting it wrong. I think uh, we're in competition with Taskmaster in the same way that Coca-Cola is in competition with my uncle boiling <laughs> his own piss in a kettle. Oh, and for uh, this year's Nobel Peace Prize, it's Obama. <laughs> <laughs> it's failing matter. Imagine if we got nominated for the Nobel Peace Is there a Nobel Prize for podcasting? Uh, there should be. There it will really, be. It's the truest art form, isn't it? <laughs> it's the truest form of both art and science. And peace. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to... The Northern Irish Protocol is going to be solved by failing better. Okay, yeah, I agree. Uh, now, I don't know about you, Johnny, uh, but I need to be honest with the listeners. I've not really been working hard on this episode so far. I've not really been trying to be funny because I didn't really think it would come off. But it now appears that your internet is stable. Um, like my brain, my internet is stable. That's a really weird. <laughs> it's a really weird thing you just said. So you're you're in your home, your childhood home. Yep, and. So, I mean, what's the name of the home? Sort of Pelham Manor? 
Uh, well, Stacey Pelham Manor, probably, because my mum did not change her last name, and my mum, quite confusingly, her last name is Stacey. So I was called Jonathan James Stacey Pelham at school. Every now and then, a teacher would say Stacey, and then people would laugh at me for a few hours. And your mum, so your mum's name is Stacey? Yes. And her mum, your grandmum, would you say she's got it going on? <laughs> Unclear. Died when I was too young to have those sort of thoughts. But thanks for bringing up that tragic memory. <laughs> no worries. Uh, this is the home of witty banter, obviously, for all the people who've first time listeners. Um, so you're so back in Bradford, your parents in the home. How have you exp- how have you explained what's happening now to your parents? I'm very curious. I've said, Mum and Dad, my hit podcast <laughs> is uh, currently unable to record due to internet errors. Uh, can you please get me an Ethernet cable to plug it into the main so that we can record our gold? They said, no, we've listened to the pod. We only just let you into our house. You're bringing shame to our family name. We will never let you record. But I'm doing it in the attic now where no one can see me. Like Anne Frank or someone else who was good at hiding. Yeah, yeah. I think that's, that's what Anne Frank's famous for, isn't it? She was really good at hiding. A bit, partially. If she wasn't good at hiding, none of the rest happens. Well, she wasn't that good. Um, <laughs> what a horrible thing. That is victim blaming. That is it's victim not a victim blaming. <laughs> if you're putting her on a pedestal as a great hider, I think she is a 8 out of 10 hider. But I think what you've got to understand is the Nazis were great seekers. They were oh, great seekers. Well, that's, that's the great question, isn't it? It's the great question in life. Is the hiding more important than the seeking? That's actually a very philosophical point. Um... Probably one that we shouldn't link solely to the Nazis, <laughs> pursuants of uh, of Jewish uh, Jewish. Uh, uh, anyway, um, this is the home of witty banter. Do keep Fine. giving us five star reviews. Yeah. Uh, if you're a Jew or a Nazi, we'll take them from anywhere. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, uh, we certainly uh, beggars can't be choosers. Let's put it that way. Um, um, I'm in Bradford now. Bradford's one of those places that always gets voted like the worst place to live in the UK. We, we're sick. We're officially the sixth worst, worst place to live in the UK. Um, but we why, why is that? Well, I would say lack of um, lack of funding. I would say um, poverty. I would also say that for the last couple of years, my neighbour has been uh, a clear drug dealer. Mm, mm. <laughs> so all things which contribute to not a particularly harmonious society. I was reading a thing that they said that there was one family, um, uh, uh, a sort of family with a big house. I don't know what it was, but they sort of it was they, there was sort of a reign of terror over the city of Bradford from this one family. I forgot what their surname was. Any thoughts about that? Well, all I'll say is, uh, for any more on that show, you need to talk to my lawyer. <laughs> yeah, he was. You got OJ out. He's a good lawyer, and you just have a word with him, and he'll put you to right. It's Johnny Cochran. Your lawyer's Johnny Cochran. <laughs> yeah. um, I have a, a, a. You went to a concert last night, didn't you? Yes, I did. I did. Unfortunately, zero funny anecdotes from said concert. Did something funny do- happen to you last night? It did, actually. But all you do at the moment is go to concert, Sean. Do you think you're having a midlife crisis? What's going on? I think I... Here's the problem. I am going to a lot of live music. I do love live music, but I'm going to a lot at the minute. Um, I think I'm now starting to get that strange feeling in my head where I'm thinking, what if I just... Try and become a rock star. Like, <laughs> what, what's the worst that can happen? I mean, I'm, I'm a good, I'm a good performer. I could write a song. Can you, can you? What would you do? Would you be the singer? Would you be the guitarist? Would you be the triangle player? What is your role? Yep, all of them. 
<laughs> All of them. The Great. world's first singer, guitarist, and triangle player. It's ne- they said it could never be done. Is that what your first album's going to be called? They what? said it could never be done. They said it could never be. <laughs> yeah, they- that's what it's going to be called. It's going to have a spelling mistake. They said it. They said it could never be done. <laughs> But here's the trick. Here's the trick about how I'm going to become a rock star. Do you know what my band name is going to be? What? Elton John. (laughs) Who wouldn't book us? Who wouldn't book us? That's good. That I think you're going to go to the. Um, No, I'd like to be. I'd like to be in a band. I think that's the life for me. Um, Are you the oldest person at all in the concerts you go to? I would say yes. Are you that tragic, lonely (laughs) figure who's just like? Luckily, I'm definitely not. And I would say last night, I was probably in the youngest 5% there. Oh, wow. what, who did you go see? I went to see a husband and wife country duo. <laughs> Do you like them? Are they are they good? I'm How a massive you- fan. They're called Shovels and Rope. I bought two t-shirts. Um <laughs> If we ever do a live pod, we both have to wear those T-shirts. They're great T-shirts. They're fucking quality T-shirts. It was the last day of the tour as well, so there was a deal. <laughs> Buy one, get one free. So. Sounds you like do- they're popular then. Things are going well for them. <laughs> Is that why you got two? Because you're like, I need one. And <laughs> you just had to get a second. They just go, you need to take this piece of shit T-shirt. <laughs> this pro, pro-capital pro punishment T-shirt that they insist on giving you if you want to go to the gig. Um, no, I went up, went up to the old gig. Um, sat there, had a Guinness. Listen to some. Listen to a husband and wife sing some songs about. Can I, I just know, whiskey get, and did, shit? Did you go by yourself? I went with my father-in-law. Oh, that's sweet. I was really hoping you went by yourself. Does your father-in-law like that sort of stuff? Um, moderately. I mean, it's a hard sell for everyone. <laughs> it's a hard sell. I have been to see that's them. Commitment on his behalf to sit with you. He was clearly trying to have a bonding moment, and you were like, "What, what do you want to do?" He was like, "What do you want to do?" And you're like, "Should we go to a country in West?" <laughs> and he was like, "Oh, fucking out. My my daughter's married a dweeb." <laughs> Let me tell you something right now. Let me tell you something right now. Because you asked earlier if I if I, you wanted me to go on my own. This is the third time I've seen this band. It is the only time that I've had anyone with me. I have every time I've gone, I've bought two tickets. I've never been able to shift the other one. It takes balls to be that happy in yourself to be that much of a dork, though. I think. I think that takes a lot of. What are you talking about? It's not dorky. If anything, I'm too cool. Like I'm going on my own to a very exclusive gig. How exclusive is it? Half the people that are offered tickets, as soon as I say the word husband and wife, they go, "I'm out." <laughs> And do you think their marriage is good? Like when you when you they were singing, did you think these people are still in love? Or do you think it's they love each other so much? <laughs> Honestly, Johnny, they love each other so fucking much, and they've got two little kids. They've got two little sprogs, and they and and the little sprogs go on tour with them. It's it's amazing stuff. What a, not- that that's the life. I think that's it. I was sitting there going, "That's the great life. You get to just make music, travel around." Do you think you and Alexa would ever be in a, a rock and roll band together? I think our music tastes are violently different. <laughs> I mean, I would be like, hey, let's make a husband and wife uh, country duo. And she'd be like, cool, but can we play thrash metal? I'd be like, yeah, all right, babe. I'd pay to see that. I'd pay to see you in a... There's absolutely not... I would pay a lot of money to see you in a thrash metal band with Alexa. My desire to see that could maybe fund it for at least, you know, a little bit. Let me tell you something. Our first date was at a, a thrash metal gig like a hardcore metal did gig. you pretend to be into that were you like yeah i love thrash metal right let's put it this way i left after two songs because it was too loud <laughs> <laughs> i 
I went, I went cool, I'm, I'm leaving now. <laughs> well, what did she do? Did she come with you or did she stay? No, she stayed. That's mental. So that, that feels like the worst first date in history. How well, did you bring it round? Well, I brought it... How did I bring it round? Um, <laughs> ever heard of a little thing called foreplay? Um, <laughs> no, I... Um, <laughs> Because it can't have been your, it can't mean your patter, can it? I mean, your patter's <laughs> bordering on creepy, or bordering on his creepy. I was, I went, up, I went up there. The band came out. They started screaming. I said, "Any of these married?" She went, "No." I said, "See you later then." I've just broken my only rule. No, I basically what it was was I needed to go to the toilet during the gig. She was right at the front. Oh, is that funny? Is it? I need to go to the toilet. Is that funny? Is it for Johnny Pelham sitting in Bradford? I can I just say this? I called Sean up to talk about the pond a few days ago, and on the phone you said, "Sorry, I've just fallen over." <laughs> <laughs> I just don't understand how you're an actual human being. In the do you know, world do you know the worst thing about that was when you went? I went, "Oh, sorry, I've just fallen over." I wasn't even standing up; I was sitting down. I literally just fell off a chair for no reason. <laughs> so just like a cartoon, down. a cartoon dog that's just seen a pretty lady. <laughs> And you just went, oh, I've fallen off. <laughs> and so you're at this, so you're at the 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 scar metal band. You're still thinking, oh my god, I need a wee. And so you you, you leave. Yeah, that's how I that that's exactly my thought process. You've got me there, hook, line, and stinker. Oh my god, I need a wee. No, it's it's very hardcore and it's very packed in. Um, <laughs> Have you ever been in a mosh pit shot? I've been in a few actually in my day. Um, I've caused a lot more damage than I've received. Let's put it that way. Well, you're quite tall, so you can elbow people in the face whilst you're quite can protected. We just, can we just have one fucking episode without mentioning how tall I am? <laughs> Listen, I d- that, what you just said is entirely correct. Um, I went to the toilet at the back, came back in to try and meet my... Now <laughs> wife. My that now time, wife. confused stranger. <laughs> borderline stranger. <laughs> and um, there was... Uh, well, there was just no way through. So I just went and had a pint in a bowling alley. Um <laughs> You love bowling alleys. I do like bowling alleys. Went back, um, uh, met her after the gig, and she went, how good was that? And I went, yeah, <laughs> it was bloody good, wasn't it? So did you lie? You lied? I would. I would did, I, did I lie? Did I lie? Yes you or no? Say, yes, it's bloody brilliant. I'd hit, I got a 300. <laughs> yeah, it was bloody brilliant. I, got, I, I bowled a 300. And she'd be like, what? During the gig? I go, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't play by the rules. I don't play by those. I bring my rules. own skillets and bowling balls to rock concerts. And I just go bowling during the gig. Is it annoying? Maybe, but it's memorable. It's about the brand, Johnny. And I'm always shouting, failing better. And so I'm getting the brand out there. Even then, even five years ago, you didn't know why you were shouting it. You were just compelled by some sort of inner voice to scream, failing better as you bowled your way through it. <laughs> every time I die as they play screamo after screamo and I'm there going my poor little ears get your earmuffs on get your get your, your bowling trainers and your earmuffs on let's go so um so there we go so well, that's my what's what have you ever been to see live music Johnny yeah I, at festivals or something I, me and Sophie actually went to um uh a concert recently but i don't know who was the band they were in they, I mean, they that's did a, not that's a really bad start they did a song in alma out sophie's sitcom alma's not normal had a, a, a song in it from and people so they gave us tickets for free we went we actually had a hoot i left saying we must go to my live music it is wonderful it's life-affirming it is brilliant that was two months ago absolutely nothing seen since or booked in to see again 
Well, I'm going to many a gig coming up, so maybe you should come down to London and join me. Next time Shovels and Rope are playing, that's the band I saw. <laughs> and they got Shovels and Rope. Yeah. That feels like quite an ominous... It makes me think of, like, an undertaker or something, Shovels and Rope. They're sort it's of just... like out, they're outlaw country. They're not like um, Hank Williams oh, right. style. They're more like... Uh, I don't know. They're, they're cool. So, they're good. I love people like um, uh, Kesha and people like Chameleonaire. Are they similar to those people? I would say that they are a direct comparison and there definitely wouldn't be a culture shock if you came with me. Perfect. Well, I'll be there. I'll see you next <laughs> you time. Like, you like Kesha. <laughs> that is, is that the last pop star you can think of? That's the most recent pop star in your head is Kesha. <laughs> I also love... Um... <laughs> I love Kesha and M people. <laughs> Five are good. <laughs> Steps. Did seven, did seven, what are they called? I was going to call them seven up, but that can't be the name. Who, who were the people? S Club Seven. S Club Seven. Did they go to your university? when? Because they, they went to your university and there was only four of them left. <laughs> so was just well, like, oh, what, your, um, I think we've talked about this on the pod for your Freshers Week. Oh, yeah. Oh, we have, yeah. <clears> we didn't get any on. of that. We got, um, I got, we got an Oasis tribute band. That's better, though. Called um, Definitely Might Be. <laughs> That's a good name, that. That's a great name. I wonder if Shuffles and Rope need a tribute band. Maybe me and my wife could become that. I mean, nice. I, don't, I would say, based on attendance last night, I mean, it was it was busy, but I don't know if there's... I wouldn't say there's enough of a demand to have an overspill. You don't what think they're as big as Oasis, then? I don't think they're as big as... Like, I don't think they're playing Nebworth anytime soon. Well, that's a um, damn shame. I'm, I'm going to quickly tell you a funny anecdote that happened to me, because this has been running on. And then, should we crack on with the main section? Yeah, let's crack on with the main section. Johnny, you've been you've been billing me this anecdote for I'd say twelve hours. You, and I can't funny. wait it. I, I can't text wait to hear you it. As soon as it happens, saying something very funny just happened. So I'll give you the context. Um I went yesterday to like uh um Lem Sisse, who is Sophie's friend, who is a poet and wonderful person, has been the honorary chancellor of Manchester University for the last seven years. So he's wonderful. and brilliant. He's such a fantastic performer and human being. So great. Uh, and um, he was ending, so it was like his end of his uh, time as an honorary chancellor. So mm-hmm. we got invited to this slightly, well, quite like swanky do, um, Sophie and I. And we were sat on uh, the main table, which is fucking ludicrous because it was yeah. like it was like Lem, it was like the head of generally the head of the whole of Manchester University. Sophie's sort of legitimate that she's there; she's one of after. And there's me, who has no like a, just a, a <laughs> just a scum. I shouldn't be by the bins. I yeah, be yeah, the I Johnny, Johnny, hey. can I just ask something? Yeah. When does this get funny? Oh, I'm just laying the context that I was, and I was quite nervous about being on the front row. Okay, okay. Yeah. So then I um, turned to the woman next to me, who I'd never known. She said, I "Johnny, can not- I just ask? Yeah, was the woman next to you Sarah, Sarah Silverman, or something uh, funny?" Sean, the thing with you is you've got such a fear of building up a story. You always have to jump in with your unrelentingly mediocre jokes, and that is why, frankly, this pod isn't bigger than Joe Rogan. <laughs> No. Do, keep, do keep the five star reviews, Cuddy. Johnny? Yeah. I apologise. Continue. I, I am quite nervous that this isn't going to be funny enough to just tie itself now, but it, it has to be now because. <laughs> this, is, this has now become a, this has become a podcast about two things. First of all, the, the story, which is, I'm sure, very entertaining, but also the fear around telling a story. This is why I don't tell anecdotes in my day to day life. I can't deal with the payoff not being, yeah. well, not being enough. 
Because if this isn't good, this is just a TED talk. Like quite, quite self-aggrandizing. If this isn't, if this isn't funny, this is literally the worst TED talk you've ever heard in your life. <laughs> I went to an event and I was on the main table. Questions? And so uh, I'm there, sat next to one. I've never met before. They say, "Oh, you're Johnny, aren't you?" I um, I've never, oh I've never met you, but I have listened to your podcast. No. And then there was a beat, and you said it wasn't for me. <laughs> <laughs> I swear to God. And then she said, because I know Sophie, I thought I must give it an, another listen. So I listened to a ne- second episode. I still didn't like it. And then there was a beat where she went, but then I thought it must be for some people. But the way she said some people was like, like was such a genuine like, disgrace. Like, it was like, it must be for some people, the people who never vote. Just like, it was like the funniest. And then we, I just had to sit next to her and have a free course meal next time. I don't, Johnny, wait a minute. I just, I just can't believe this. So I next swear to, to I, God. You sat next to literally one of our haters. <laughs> and I didn't know who she was and it turned out she was like a human rights lawyer <laughs> and I just thought what a brutal like she just said not for me and then she literally said well I, I, yeah and I, I was like well I'll, I'll give it another episode because I know Sophie so I thought if you're going out with Sophie there must be something to you or something <laughs> like that No, not for me. Oh god, it was. And then we just had to sit. I just had to sit next for like these things go on oh, for like that's two horrible. hours. So I just had to sit next. I don't to like that at hours. all. You should. You should look it away and go. Yeah, I don't think human rights is for me. Actually, how about that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I tried to give human rights a go. It's not yeah. for me. I was a fan of the Geneva Convention, but actually, I think it's <laughs> it's nonsense. So, what did you say? Did you? I mean, did you stand up for the pod, or did you? I I, I think I said something like, oh, "What episode did you listen to?" And she said, "I can't remember what you talked about drugs a lot," which I that, that didn't narrow it down at all. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, but you kept asking for five star reviews. Yeah, I just it was such a. I just thought, what a fucking crazy thing for that woman to do. I thought, well, I'm sorry, she's a human rights lawyer. So she's got to be dealing in the world of empathy. Like, you don't get to that thing without empathy. I mean, I, I, honestly, the, the thought of doing that, and the it thought really, of saying that, I'm, I'm, who is this? Who is this person? I'm going to Google her. I, I actually can't remember her name. I'm just, I'm just Googling evil human rights <laughs> lawyer. And then, yeah, it was nuts, because literally the event went on for two and a half hours, and I just didn't know what to say. I didn't know how to... I didn't know what to do. And Sophie was just sat next to me, just laughing a little tits off. Like, oh, what, so... at the situation? Yeah, I just found it so funny. Why didn't Sophie... Did Sophie stand up for the pod? Sophie fucking shoved us down. The... She was like, yeah, yeah, it isn't for everyone, is it? Like, <laughs> <laughs> but it made me laugh so... It was so awkward, Sophie. What do you mean? I just... I'm so amazed at that. And... I mean, that is the, literally my worst nightmare. Wait, exact- wait, my second worst nightmare is someone saying, I've listened to the pod. My worst <laughs> nightmare is someone going, not for me. And then I just thought, this is getting round into the human rights law. And then, you know, when you have those things where you think, is this ruining my career? Like, because she would have had no idea who she was, thought he must be nice, he's gone out with Sophie. Now she thinks, scumbag. <laughs> yeah, what do we do about that? What do we I do? We, I mean, I've always thought that. I've always wondered if we're putting a terrible impression of ourselves across. It did leave me with, like, genuine doubt about whether... Because when a human rights lawyer just looks you in the face and says what you're doing is sort of worthless. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what, the thing is, what would you have said if she'd said, 
I'm a human rights lawyer, and I've got to say, your podcast was a great inspiration for my human rights lawyering. Like, and I've called someone and told her to be removed instantly. <laughs> but what I just don't, just don't say it. If you've not got anything nice to say, don't say it. That's my motto. I came up with it myself. I, I, I am worried about that. Listeners, it was, listeners, it was quite you've, got, you've got to send us a message, please, if you like the show, because we're now at the point where we're getting abuse at events on the street. It's like freaking Blair or Cameron. <laughs> exactly. yeah. And we've not, we've not, you know, bombed Iraq or impoverished the working man. We're just two silly people having a bit of harmless fun. We're just trying to help you fail better, guys. You know, oh, we yeah. didn't become the home of witty banter by accident, okay? It took us a long time to get that mortgage on, wi- <laughs> on witty banter. Well, according to her, we're still not the home of witty banter. We're the home of shitty banter. Well, there we go. There. Anyway, Johnny, that's my it was and all it, worth it. <laughs> I tell you what, it really ruined, it really ruined the meal. <laughs> what was the meal? It was, um, it was a little quiche to start, then it was a piece of chicken for the main, and then it was um, a cheesecake to end. Well, there's only one chicken in, in that conversation, Johnny, and I it, think you, I think you didn't, you didn't, you weren't the one clucking. Let's put it that way. Well, I think maybe I was the one chicken. No one could accuse that one of being a coward. She just looked me in the eye and said she didn't like what I do. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm really worried about that. I mean, I, I mean, I've got to go to the Edinburgh Festival next month. Well, yeah. I, mean, I mean, how many people am I going to get on the street coming up to me going, really, really, really hate your podcast? And the, problem, the problem is, Sean, is that she's a high flyer because you'll probably get absolute the scum of the earth coming up to me like, oh, I love the pod. <laughs> every, time you know, every, every time you see anyone I love in the, the po- I love the pod. Would you like a bite of this hedgehog? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> every time you see anyone in a suit, you know, oh, God, they'll hate it. They're our natural enemy. Oh, no. Anyway, it was oh, no. Funny. It was very funny. It's really, um, yeah, I mean, it is funny, but God, it's telling. It's funny, but it also feels like the first big domino to fall (laughs) in the inevitable end of this show. (laughs) Of all of the jobs to turn against us, I would say human (laughs) rights lawyer is the one you least want to go against. Well, I've had enough of these lefty liberal human rights lawyers. But she said, maybe she said, like, just, just to let you know that I considered listening to your podcast a breach of my human rights yeah 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 you're being sued imagine if we end up on a war crime <laughs> us and slamming on philosophy us and general Gen- general malatko just yeah. sat there in the hay going what did we we just wanted to make a funny show we just wanted to make some people laugh oh god it was very funny though so awkward anyway that's my anecdote uh, well, I, look, I'm really glad you shared it with me, and the listeners are glad. I mean, listeners, if you if you disagree with her, now would be a really good time to send us an email at failingbetterpod at gmail.com. Particularly if you've got a good job. Even like... like yeah. If, yeah look Let at us yourself. know what jobs yeah. you've got, and yeah. send us an email, or write us a review, and say, I, say, like, say, I am an astronaut, and I think this is a five-star <laughs> pod. Like, yeah, that would be great, yeah. because yeah. that is... It, 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 yeah, that one is. Uh, it's going to linger with me. That story, I think. It's a real stinker, isn't it? Yeah. Oh it was, well. Yeah. Um, um, anyway, we get- now we're going to do the main section, uh, which is about how to talk to the dead. <laughs> so, you know, the Something, laughs never end. You'd think uh, a human rights lawyer would be up for us talking to the dead because they could really get to the right, right to get to like what happened in all the human rights <laughs> violation situations. You know what I mean? There's no more breach of human rights than being dead, in my opinion. <laughs> no, no, but saying there's loads of people dead and you need to get to the bottom of who violated whose human rights, 
You can talk to the dead. You'd, you'd, you'd solve it in a second. Wish that bloody human rights lawyer was bloody dead. No, no, I don't. Like, scrub that. She'll sue us, John. <laughs> She'll probably listen to this one. She goes, oh, I met, I met Johnny and Sean. No, oh, no, I met Johnny. It didn't meet Sean. <laughs> I, I, met jo- I met Johnny at the event. And I met Sean at the... Under, said, under the bridge afterwards. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm going to try their podcast again. And then the first podcast is us going, no, fuck her, actually. I said to Sophie, I think I'm going to talk about it. And she said, what if she listens? And uh, I said, there's nowhere. There's nowhere she's listening. Um, I'm gonna, I'm, this is a technical thing. I'm stopping the thing. I've just got a message saying the podcast has was, uh, stopped recording due to insufficient space. <laughs> 't believe Tamsin Althwaite follows me on Twitter now I don't even know who she is she played um was it Mel from EastEnders um I don't know who that is <laughs> yeah Mel Owen why do you think she follows you she been to a gig or something nah, I think she follows everyone I follow everyone <laughs> why doesn't she follow me I think it's probably come up on her timeline also followed by Fern Britain yeah, oh my so god, that's weird. it. That's probably it, isn't it, Paul? Yeah. I'm probably getting I'm probably now entering a new world of just sort of people who were on TV fifteen years ago following me. <laughs> who next? Peter Andre? <laughs> Andy Peters? Hello everyone. Um there was a glitch. That's why we have ended the first section and gone straight into the second section. Johnny, would you like to Explain anything about the glitch? Uh, I This wasn't actually an internet glitch. I just didn't have enough space on my laptop. Uh, so we always... Would, this is too technical. No, I wouldn't like to explain the glitch. <laughs> I would like to explain the glitch. In trying to solve the glitch, Johnny at one point asked producer Paul, what is the trash can? Where do I find it? I didn't ask what... I knew what the trash can was as a theoretical <laughs> device. I just didn't know how to find it on my laptop. Goes, I'm not, what is the trash can? What is Windows? Do I tap button now? I'm not very te- technologically savvy. I would say that also Sean isn't very technological savvy because I'm even less savvy. It looks like I'm a real doofus and Sean enjoys the power of him being some sort of tech wizard even though he is, let's be honest, a tech idiot. <laughs> a tech idiot, am I? Well, well yeah. I, I think I'm a pretty... I've got actually a pretty high-tech life. I do, do code. I do coding and stuff. Yeah, there's no way you do coding. I do. I, I make my own video games. All right, what, what video game have you made? Crash Bandicoot. <laughs> you, so let's just get this out so all the listeners can hear what you're saying. You are saying that you are the designer of the game Crash Bandicoot. Not the one that's in the shops, but I made my own version. It's the one that the one in the it's, it's the version that the one in the shops could have been. Really? What do you what do you think is better about your version of Crash Bandicoot than the real Crash Bandicoot? Uh, more girls. So, um... <laughs> what a sick answer. First of all, a lie. You're worse than Trump. You begin with lying, and then when that doesn't work, you turn to sleaze. 
Okay, I'm only on the side of the human rights lawyer, actually. <laughs> oh God, I, I don't know about that. What I just said, I think it was it was a joke, uh, listeners. I mean, just thought it'd be a funny joke to say. Um, anyway, uh, the key thing is this week we are talking about how to contact the dead. <laughs> um, if you could contact anyone who is dead, who would it be? Would it be an, an old family member? Would it be Winston Churchill? Would it be uh, oh. a random person from 1842? <laughs> I'd pick the last one, just a random bloke. <laughs> no, I don't know who I'd pick. Anyone from history? Oh, probably, uh, I don't know, like a Joan of Arc or a Cleopatra, maybe a uh, Napoleon would be a good one. But what would I, I say to them? I was thinking Napoleon. That's the issue of all... You know when everyone says if you're having a dinner table, who would a dinner party, who would if you If you're having a dinner table, people always ask that to you. <laughs> they do, yeah. <laughs> what do they say historically you can have any finger from history the problem is you can get anyone in there I'd still be me and therefore I just feel really like if I was talking to Napoleon I'm not going to make a good it's not going to be a good time for me is it I'm just going to be like fucking out I'm in such a tit of myself in front of Napoleon <laughs> yeah all, all it would be was Napoleon coming up to you just going in French just going I've listened to your podcast in heaven <laughs> yeah. oh no no it is not for me it's not a lot <laughs> Exactly, yeah. Like, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. I'd love to talk to Michael Caine and see the pity in his <laughs> eyes as he looked at me and saw what a contemptful creature I was. I just think anyone, almost anyone I would invite to a dinner party would look us up and they'd look up this podcast and then they'd make a reason not to come. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right, I'm Michael Caine. I'm not coming to your bloody podcast. I'm, I'm not coming to your dinner. Why? Why? Because your blooming podcast is bad. <laughs> Good accents, though. We not we might not be the funniest on the best podcasts, but our accents are on pretty point. good. We're pretty good. No, but I, I'd also promise I'd go, but you get to play my version of Crash Bandicoot. Oh, blood, blooming hell. He's got me over a barrel. I love that little bloke running around eating apples. <laughs> Do you think Michael Kim plays Crash Bandicoot a lot? Do you think Michael Kane? If Michael Kane saw Crash Bandicoot, would he know what it is? Big question, that. Would he be like, blood, blooming hell, it's Crash Blooming Bandicoot? Or would he be like, what is that little what is that little kangaroo? Why is he wearing little trousers? Oh, no one can say we don't ask the big questions on this podcast. <laughs> That's Michael Caine. Look, if any of our listeners have any contact with Michael Caine, just a straight question. Ask him if he knows who Crash Bandicoot is. And um, just send us a yes or no answer on failingbetterpod at gmail.com. <sighs> anyway, uh, so we're, we're talking contacting the dead. Um, listeners... Not sure if you're aware of this, but we uh, we only did about five minutes research for this episode. Um, <laughs> and we we last minute realised we had a scheduling difficulty, so I had to like just dive in. That's why. And I said to Sean, Sean said he'd do it. And I said, great, try and get something just easy. And then he said, I'm, we're doing it about raising, talking to the dead. <laughs> I don't know, I just thought it'd be an interesting thing to talk about. It's not really a self-help topic per se, but I think it probably does help people because people go to psychics and things like that. Look, Sean, if you can talk to the dead, that's definitely an an extra sort of arrow in your quiver, isn't it? Arrow in my what? In your quiver. If you were able to say a a job interview... Is that a phrase, arrow in in your quiver? Is your quiver a, a bag of arrows? I think so, yeah. Oh, that's a nice phrase. Well, like, if you were able to go to a job interview and say, yeah, I can do Excel... Uh, yeah, I'm very good at talking to people. I can raise and talk to the dead. <laughs> that's a good. You're getting a job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's. Uh, I like. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing, isn't it? You don't want to make it front and center on your CV. No, no. You want to. You want to make people work for it. You don't want yeah, to show yeah, off. Yeah. And they go like, "When was the last?" They say, so like, "When was the last time you thought you show, you showed proactivity <laughs> in the workplace?" 
<laughs> you go, oh, uh, a few. <laughs> I, was, I was working in KFC, and a few of the staff didn't turn up, so I raised some dead people, and yeah. they worked. I raised Colonel Sanders. <laughs> We're, we were struggling at head office for a management plan, so I, I raised Colonel Sanders. I raised Colonel Sanders. <laughs> and we, we, we lost the, the recipe for the original KFC. So I thought, this is a big issue, and I raised Sanders so he could tell us what it was. Yeah. I'd be like, whoa, you've got the job, sir. Welcome to Burger King. Yeah. You'd go, yes! I'm going I'm to raise Henry VIII. <laughs> You think Henry VIII is the Burger King? <laughs> William the Conqueror's coming back. <laughs> it's a fascinating dilemma, Johnny. All right, so if, so so you're raising Colonel Sanders for KFC, and you're raising Henry VIII if you get a job at Burger King. Begs the question: if you get a, if you work at McDonald's, who are you raising then? I'm shooting the clown. I'm bringing him back to life. <laughs> <laughs> shooting the clown. Cool, man. I'm shooting Ronald. Ronald's Ronald's gonna take a hit for the greater good. The Hamburglar. That's who I'd get. Oh really? Who's that? Who's the big purple one? I don't know. I don't really know my McDonald's sort of figurines very <laughs> well. Um, hey, this is a conversation for another day. I mean, how can <laughs> is it, even? Is how can... <laughs> when are we going to schedule that conversation in for? What day? Let's get it in the diary now. When are we talking? Patreon. Mc... Patreon. 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 Yeah. If you want to hear more about McDonald's figurines, you have to give us money. <laughs> I just find it so unlikely that a human rights lawyer wouldn't find anything to enjoy in this podcast. We've really covered the gamut of human emotion so far. I think it's been more, it's more uh, emotionally sort of uh, flexible than a, than a Shakespeare play. Yeah, I would agree with that. I would agree with that. Um, right, here we go. This is from hauntedrooms.co.uk. How to contact the dead. Eight effective, t- eight effective tips on how to talk to spirits. <laughs> Do you believe in ghosts, Johnny? Have you ever seen a ghost? Um, I don't think I do, but it's one of those... I don't think I do, really. I certainly don't see why they'd, like, haunt people. Like, I, I just don't understand the ghost thing. You know what I mean? Mm. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I can sort of buy the idea that once you die, something else happens, because who knows, that's complete mystery. But the idea that they sort of stay around where they were dead and then move chairs always yeah, feels yeah, yeah. confusing to me. I always like that because it's always like, a, oh, we have unfinished business on Earth, so we have to stick around while we're in purgatory. Go, what's your unfinished business? It's, oh, we're just going to move some chairs around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we, make... we, did, we didn't go, ooh, enough yeah, in yeah, our yeah. life. <laughs> Actually, I'm looking now. I didn't do enough interior design. <laughs> and now, now, I'm, now, I'm, now I'm a ghost. I'm going to really move some chairs around. I'm going to make this kitchen look fabulous. Imagine that. Does St. Saint Peter have to turn them away at the gates of heaven and explain them? Go, yeah. Why don't I get in? Well, you didn't put a sheet over your head enough in your life. That's a big part of it, actually. Yeah, yeah. That's what we view a big part of life. So yeah, that was the eleventh commandment that went missing. <laughs> Just put a sheet. Go ooh and put sheets on your head. Pop a sheet over your head and hide in the cupboard. <laughs> if you want to get to heaven, you don't, don't want to go. To, you don't want to go to ruddy hell, do you? No. Yeah, it's pretty bad down there. So get a sheet over your head, and we'll see you in a couple of years. <laughs> right. Well. Uh, you're going to believe in ghosts after this episode, ladies and gentlemen. It says here, learning how to contact the dead isn't something that comes all that naturally to many people. Thank God for that. It'd be a nightmare. We've all had dreams about talking to the dead or visiting with a deceased loved one and thought, nah, that can't be real. I must have been missing them. (laughs) Right? Right? But it says, in reality, speaking to the dead isn't necessarily about sitting down, lighting a candle and saying a spell. It's about having an open mind. There you go, Johnny. Ooh, how exciting. The I'm key, opening my mind because I think yeah, it's quite close, but I'm opening it a, well, it a says tiny the, bit. The key is that you have to really believe in what you're doing. 
Generally, right. if you think it's all a load of bunk, things aren't going to work out. So keep that in mind. I mean, that's a lesson not just for talking to the dead, but also hosting this podcast. Yeah, I know. That's what they say about science, don't they? They say that it's all about your what you think. You know what I mean? Like uh, Einstein's theory of relativity wouldn't have worked if he hadn't had good self-confidence. Yeah, I, I, yeah, yeah. Put your shoulders back and uh, <laughs> hemoglobin is in a red blood cell. But if you don't, then who knows where that bastard is? Yeah, it's all about your, 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 your uh, interior thoughts about it determine reality. That's what I believe too, and that's what scientists believe. So let's talk about uh, these are the top eight ways to contact the dead. Number one, dreaming. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever dreamed about uh, someone who's dead? Well, I must have done, but I, I mean, nothing comes to mind. I probably dreamt about my grandma, maybe, or something like that. No, uh, she probably. dead? Oh no, no, she's very much with us. <laughs> no, she's she's yeah, she's fucking dead. She got um, <laughs> she's there. She is fucking dead. This this woman is dead, like as dead as it gets. She's four to forty dead. gunshots. <laughs> Rob in a bank. Straight in the head. <laughs> try, try to take down Colonel Sanders. He shouldn't be alive. What's he doing it? Uh, died in the, uh, in the January 6th insurrection. She was all over that. They got her. The bastards got her. Uh, okay, so it says, when we think about how to speak to the dead, one of the key things to think about is where we go, what we do in our dreams. Do you ever speak to deceased loved ones in your dreams or see them when you go to sleep? Do you have dreams, Johnny? I never remember my dreams. I, 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 I'm like an Etch-a-Sketch. I just wake up and just get, you know what I mean? Everything's instantly yeah, deleted. That's actually, I've never heard a more self-aware comment from anyone than that. I think you are just like an Etch-a-Sketch. I think I am too. You're I just really a big, think I am. flat nothing. I'm just, I'm just a fucking moron. I just forget everything. I mean, I'm in quite a lot of self-doubt recently about how much of a moron I am. Mm. And I think maybe I am just a big Etch-a-Sketch. What, you you what are you doubting, though? Are you doubting that you're a moron? No, no, I'm, I'm, I'm doubting that I have any value <laughs> as, as a human being. Well, look, when a, when a human rights lawyer has interrupted a, a three-course meal to personally say your podcast is shit, yeah, it's like, yeah, yeah, lady, we know it's shit. <laughs> you think I don't know? You I think we that, don't know. I have to yeah. make this stuff. That's, I always think that when when people come up to you after gigs and like that, that you weren't very funny. You think, hey, you think, you think, you think it's bad for you? You had 20 minutes. This is my whole life. Yeah, I'm <laughs> going to be thinking about this for a week. Yeah. Yeah, this is a tiny bit of bad, bad half an hour for you. For me, this is... I've spent 10 years trying to do this. I hate that. God, I hate my life. Um, do you, I, had, I, had a, right, I had a recurring dream a few years ago. This is going to be good. That really messed me up a bit. Right. Um, and then I talked about it in one of my Edinburgh shows and all the reviews were like, why is he talking about this? <laughs> Which probably didn't help. No, it didn't help. Um, what was the dream? The dream was, right, I woke up and I was a, a woman... Oh, in her, I'd say fifties or late forties, and right. I had a husband, and I had a, a house, and I had a daughter, and I, and in the dream, I would wake in my bed, as the woman, I'd go downstairs, and I'd say to my husband and my daughter, I've had that dream again, and they said which one? I go, and 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 the woman goes, the one where I'm a twenty-eight-year-old stand-up comedian. And, oh I, and then in God. the dream, I talk about my real life. And it I had it a lot. And it really fucked me up, that. That really messed me up. Because I thought, well, what, 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 so what is this? That is very trippy. Isn't no, that mad? 
God, because that in that world I'm a dream, and this whole podcast isn't real, and everyone listening to it isn't real. I, then, I I refuse to accept that this podcast isn't real. I just can't <laughs> accept that. But then, oh, that is quite trippy. What do you did you speak to anyone? Did you speak to like a dream person or a therapist or anyone? No, maybe I should. I mean, the thing is, I read a lot of the like, Philip K. Dick novels, and he always talks about the dream state. Compared, to, oh, is that funny? Is it that I read novels? You, you're an idiot. You're an idiot. No, you've you've actually. Oh, you've overestimated me. What I found funny was that his name was Dick. <laughs> <laughs> Please keep the five-star reviews coming. <laughs> keep them up. It is, the banter is just so witty. God, that's um, so pathetic. That was so pathetic. Philip K. Me. Dick, yeah, I guess it is funny. <laughs> it's kind of funny. But he talks a lot about the dream world versus the real world. And one of his big novels is about how everything you dream is actually real and everything... I mean, basically, I'd probably just read that and then that was in my head. Yeah, it's like he's still... knocked off. You've knocked off the side <laughs> Yeah, what? You say, I've got hack dreams, is it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but isn't that creepy? Don't you think that's weird? It, it is quite creepy. It would sort of... Um, uh, yeah, it, it messes with your head, that I imagine. Did it mess with your head a fair bit, then? Do you know what? I I think it calmed me because I do sort of have that... I do have that weird Matrix-like ability mm. to just go, about, well, there's a chance now this is real. I think, but, but as of this moment, despite all attempts, I cannot escape a bullet and I cannot run up walls. So well, you've got to keep trying. Real. You've got to keep trying, Sean. Yeah, I've got to give myself... Every, every, you know, 11am every day, you just spend some time running at a wall, seeing if you go up. <laughs> <laughs> it's all I do. It's all I do. Um, anyway, apparently, if you dream about dead people, they say dream visits are an excellent, non-threatening way to visit your loved ones. Look for support and guidance and collect an interesting story or two for those who are still with you. Yeah, but how do you do that, though? How do you just dream about your loved ones? I don't know. I mean, it, it, arguably, it seems like this woman's odd man's talking bollocks. <laughs> it's interesting, that. Yeah, it is interesting. Uh, visions. Number two, visions. You might call them hallucinations, and so might your doctor. But... <laughs> That's a big but there. But while mediums and psychics call them visions, have you ever seen a loved one appear before you whilst you've been awake? Yeah, my wife. She asked why the toaster was in the bin. (laughs) Why was the toaster in the bin? Because it won't make a good toast anymore. (laughs) I've got to set an example for our other appliances. (laughs) Yeah, that microwave's been getting a bit... That'll be you next, Kettle. (laughs) It's like you're trying to break a strike. Ever glimpsed a pet that's been lost running across your bed late at night? It might be that you're more open to these things than you think. What do you think about that? I think it sounds um, sounds terrible. I, I I wouldn't if I saw my dead dog. I wouldn't think, oh, lovely. I'd think, well, I'm going mad. Would you? But what if what if the dog then spoke to you and went, "I've been listening to your podcast. I love it." And then so, I think it's and so does Marilyn Monroe. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that would be great. If the dog, if the dog said that, I think I've lost my mind. If the dog turned to me and said, "John, why are you doing this podcast, mate? <laughs> it's seriously undermining your reputation in the human rights world." I'd, I'd be like, "Wow, <laughs> this is real, and my dog is talking real sense." I've definitely not. Yeah, my dog, I've got an astute dog. I've got an incredibly <laughs> astute dog. Oh god! My, I want to think. God, my dog should have fought for people's human rights. He really gets it. What sort of dog did um, you no, have, Johnny? I had a cocker spaniel, and um, she was wonderful, and she was uh, got cataracts, and the, doc- the vet said she was going to live for like a month more, so we got an operation. She lived for four more years, blind. Four more years. 
Four more years. Yeah. She died just before Trump got in because she knew what was good for her. Did she? Yeah. Good do you job. think it was that? Do you think it was the it was the march of the right in America and in the Western world that pushed her over the edge? It was the ultimate protest. You know, she went, "Look, I'm not willing to live in a world um, tolerate such lying, such hypocrisy, such self-aggrandizement. I'm going to die." And you know mm. what? It was a mistake. Didn't rough, it wasn't, there wasn't an op-ed in the Washington Post going, "Bonnie's final um, final decision really makes us reevaluate Donald Trump." <laughs> None of that happened. She it's just died. She just flipping died, shot in the head. Um, yeah. <laughs> Kennedy's assassin was back. <laughs> okay, number three ways to talk to the dead. Sense. Sense. What Sense. Sense. As in S H. No, S C E N T S. If you're really wondering how to talk to the dead, and I know you are, Johnny, and <laughs> listeners, an excellent place to start is with sense. When you think about your childhood, for example, there are probably a lot of evocative scents that take you back to certain places and times in your childhood. What scents do you associate with your childhood, Johnny? I've got a very, very poor sense of smell. Why did I even ask you? Why did I ask? Every time I ask you anything, you go, I don't have, I, I can't, I don't, I don't remember anything, I can't smell. And, uh... <laughs> I'm an extra sketch. I'm a pathetic exercise. So What's you've got your... a bad sense of smell? Incredibly bad sense of smell. Sometimes I feel self-conscious that I might like medi- smell. Like medically? Well, I've never had it tested, but I, I like, I um, sort of dislocated or whatever my nose, you know, my nose is a bit fucked. Yeah. Um, and so I think that affected my sense of smell, really, because I just have a terrible sense of smell. Like, often Sophie will be like, God, it really smells. I'm like, not for me. Maybe you really smell. That's always the fear, Sean. Mm. I had mm. a friend who really smelled. And uh, and that's you saying that. I mean, if you're sniffing it. Well, he always smelled. I mean, although he did have incredibly bad breath, and then someone told him. And I always think that's the right thing to do in that situation. Hmm. Which is why, Sean, <laughs> I've just got something to say to you, smelly but smellison. You can smell your breath through the Zoom. <laughs> you're the thing that brought the internet down in Bradford. <laughs> Your toxic mouth just brought down the whole of the industrial complex. Just this green yeah. smoke, this green gas, just hovering over over the Alhambra. Um, yeah, yeah. All I think about when I think about my childhood is burnt toast. That's what. Really? That's the smell did of my have, childhood. Did you have a really and long the smoke. <laughs> and a lot of strokes. <laughs> and an eighteen-year stroke. <laughs> I mean, who? I, honestly, that human rights lawyer. What the fuck is she talking? This is quality stuff. Yeah, I don't want to slag off a human rights lawyer, but I think she needs to get. She needs to go to the Hague. Yeah, she. I'm going to send you to that. What, what's her podcast? That's what she said. Go. You got a fucking podcast? Yeah. Have you got a podcast? No. <laughs> We've got one. We've got one. We've got listeners in the Czech Republic, and literally two listeners in Iraq yesterday. Don't know how. I don't know who they are, but um, <laughs> well, but you're more than you. welcome, lads. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, and welcome, se- and none to thank us for your democracy. <laughs> <laughs> to all our Iraqi listeners, do not need to thank us. <laughs> Honestly, it was a pleasure liberating your people. It was an absolute pleasure. And do it again. We'll do it again. Um, apparently, the scent oh, of an God. open tub of Play Doh can make you think about when you're in nursery. Well, the smell of beans could make you think of tea time. <laughs> I don't know about this. <laughs> anyway, that's not a way to talk to the dead. So far, I don't feel like I'm talking to the dead. Number four, no. coincidences. 
When you have coincidences with the spirit world or you run into anything or everything... What that does that mean? Of... I don't think I've ever had a coincidence with the spirit world. I don't, I don't, if it, what does that mean? Okay, okay. Well, it has an example here, Johnny. Okay. All right? Okay, Mr. Cynical. <laughs> For example, if you hear a record that reminds you of your friend, then see someone that looks just like them, order their drink at a bar. <laughs> It might be more than a coincidence. Your friend or loved one might be able to send, might be trying to send you a message. Listen to that message and appreciate it for what it is. What if, <laughs> what if a dead loved one was trying to send you a message through that human rights lawyer? That's that's now a real, real fear of mine. Right. Who do you think? Do you like? It's your dead dog is going right. I'm going to just enter the spirit of this human rights lawyer. So we're in that world. Is the human rights lawyer aware she's been taken over? Like, how much agency does the human rights lawyer have in this? Is the dog completely controlling her? Or is the human rights lawyer gone, it's an important message, I'll let the dog momentarily take over my consciousness? To, <laughs> to well, I think, I, think if she's, I think if the human rights lawyer is saying, this is an important message, I will let the dog take over, then it's probably a view that she also shares with the dog. And so that she can true. then say to the dog, no, nah, no, nah, I've got this. That is true. So the dog would have to be able to like physically embody and take over the human being and like become the master of the human rights lawyer i think we're asking a lot for my cocker spaniel who's got cataracts <laughs> well evidently look all i'm saying is if you if your dead little dog didn't like the podcast and she was freaking <laughs> deaf as well as blind that's all i'm saying <laughs> she was a bit deaf she was a bit deaf so you know okay number four number five be aware of everything around you I Aww. hate this. I hate this. What do you mean this? you hate this? Because it's so nothing. Everyone. I thought it was going to be like, at least give an example of how you like do a Ouija board or something. But when you're, look, when you're looking for instruction on how to talk to spirits, the most important thing to remember is be aware of everything around you. Not every communication from the other side is as solid as a full apparition that looks as true as the person you remember. Some can be fleeting, like a glimpse of a translucent apparition or a conversation in your head that feels real. I'm definitely with you on that one. Sometimes I fake conversations that feel real all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> President Reagan? Yeah. Well, sir, it'd be an honour to go and fight them for you. <laughs> all right. Uh, Number six. This is a good one, actually. I hope, uh, listeners, by the way, I hope, you, I hope you're taking notes and you're able to talk to the dad after this. That's true. If, yeah, any, if anyone has any success with any of these things, please do get into them. Get in Maybe our, fir our first live show, we'll, we'll talk to the dead during. I would be up for that. that. We could do a Ouija board. We'll do a Ouija board on the first one. Oh, right, I do no like the idea of that. Number six, talk to them. <laughs> Just talk to them. One of the best things you can do is talk to your loved ones as if they're still around. If you feel like having a chat, open your mouth and just talk. Spirits generally stay around their loved ones, particularly if they feel like they're suffering or they're in trouble. But also you need to keep in mind that they may well have moved on to the next realm. <laughs> I cannot believe this is an article. Oh my God. This is, this is, I think this is the worst article we've ever done. No, just have a chat. All right, let, all right let's say, all right, I'm a dead relative. Yeah. Who, do you, who do you want to talk to? A dead person you want to talk to? And I'll be the dead person, you be you. Um, I'll talk to my granddad. All right, okay, cool. I'm just knocking around the house. Hello, Grandad. I'm struggling at the moment. I feel like an Etch-a-Sketch because uh, I'm unable to remember things or feel things and therefore my life feels like it lacks meaning. Who the fuck are you? <laughs> Who is this? I'm, I'm Jonathan Pelham, your 
your grandson, but you died before we could ever really have a great chat. We're having All to right. right now. Let's do it right now, mate. Fucking come on. Have you got any tins? Um, why, why are you speaking like that? Grandpa? Have you got Fun any? T- have you got any gear? I want to do gear with you, mate. Of course, I've got gear, but I don't feel why that's even <laughs> here about there. I like. want to do gear with you, and then we'll have a fucking chat. All right. Um, <laughs> let me just contact the person who can get the gear. I'm not sure this is helpful, though. How long is it going to take? I fucking love doing gear with you. Uh, 15 minutes, maybe? Oh, what? What? So we're basically, my grandson's a fucking loser. Nerd, <laughs> doesn't even have gear. Well, I think this has really helped, actually. I feel a lot more comfortable in my life. Oh, God, I'm fucking... I'm an addict. <laughs> You've got a low opinion of my ancestry. <laughs> Johnny, how accurate was that? Something I thought something took me over there. Uh, it, well, my 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 granny was from London, so I don't know why. I don't know why had a... I'm from fucking hello, mate. I'm from fucking Brixton, lad. Get me some fucking gear. I've got to snail what's not it down pit. <laughs> Granddad, you're making me feel very uncomfortable. All right, well, what's your problem then, Four Eyes? <laughs> you son of a bitch, you're dead. <laughs> How does it feel to be dead, you fucking loser? I'm alive. That's fucking great. Got shot in the head nine times. Listen here, you ephemeral prick. Fuck off. <laughs> Fuck you. You're, you're a fucking, wanker. You're a wanker. You're a wanker. I'm, I'm ashamed to be from you. <laughs> oh, fuck off. You My fucking, fucking spunk made you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this has been horrible. Well, yeah, that didn't... Uh, that didn't uh, well, that didn't go the way I thought. That's um, one of the worst things that's ever happened in my, my already sheltered and poor life. <laughs> There's a strong chance that that's, uh, that's going to be edited out, what we just did. Um, <laughs> there's a very real chance of that being on the, uh, on the old cutting, cutting room floor. <laughs> oh, dear. It's horrible, wasn't it? <laughs> I, didn't, I don't think either of us were really committed to it. I think I feel like you boxed me into a corner by saying, "Where's the gear?" <laughs> <laughs> well, it's because he was an addict. I'm not sure if you remember that. Oh yeah, yeah, I forgot that. But now that does make a lot of sense, actually. Right now, here we go. Number number eight. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think. No, no, sorry, number seven. Number seven. I think number eight. I think number eight's good. Number seven. The unconventional route. Ooh, as all the others have been so conventional. If you're looking for a more unconventional means of speaking to the dead, there's always things like Ouija boards, seances, using the services of a medium. These are often a little bit tricky as they can have mixed results, particularly if you're participating with other people around the room who don't believe or who are trying to sway the session a certain way. All I'd ever ask is, where's the treasure buried? That's all I'd ever ask. (laughs) Like, where is the treasure? Um, Maybe we do a treasure hunt for our first... um, (laughs) A, tre- a treasure hunt, yeah. We could yeah. be like the detectorists. I'd be up for that. I, we just stand in a field and just... <laughs> well, save on venue hire, I suppose. Yeah. We're doing our first live podcast in a field, just standing there. Everyone have a metal detector, all the profits go to us. <laughs> all right, the final uh, final thing to, to, to talk to the dead. Look for feathers. Hmm... White feathers have long been considered a sign that our deceased loved ones are near. <laughs> They're often left as messages, particularly if you're feeling strong emotions. I've received a lot of white feathers over the years, and they often get stuck in places that are directly in my line of vision. 
They could signal something very Ooh. important. What was the last white feather you saw, Johnny? I went to a dairy farm two days ago. Wow-wee. Yeah, wow. I mean, your, your, your ancestors are trying to tell you a whole heap of stuff. That's yeah. a lot of white feathers. It sounded, on the date, it sounded like they were saying, moo, and... Uh, <laughs> but actually, if you listen carefully, they were saying, where's the fucking gear? <laughs> I'm a fucking addict, I need the gear. The problem is you've made a callback to the bit we're almost certain to cut out, Sean. <laughs> the key thing is, if we keep referencing it, we can't cut it out. That is true, and it should stay. It's good stuff. It's good gear, that. <laughs> oh, um, baby. Yeah, um, it to a dairy farm. It's quite weird at dairy farm, because we saw loads of incredibly cute cows, incredibly cute chickens, all that stuff. And then I had a meat and potato pie. And they were like, this is so fresh. It's literally from those cows. And it felt quite weird. Well, maybe you should become a vegetarian, Johnny. Well, I think ethically I already am. In any sort of practical sense, I'm not. But morally... <laughs> I mean, that's, uh, that's, a, that's... I mean, I would say the human rights lawyer would really have a field day with that. No, but morally, I, I, I'm, I'm a vegan, baby. I really, I really believe it. Oh, we need to do it for the environment. We need to do it for well, animal then just cruelty. do it. But I'll I help just, you. Your old, I, your old pal Sean is basically vegan. I'll, I'll I love help you bacon. Out. I love. I just like bacon, and then chicken's nice. And I just I, the new I, fake bacon's pretty good, you know. It's not. I mean, that's the sort of thing you've not eaten bacon long enough now that you think the yeah, fake bacon's that's the, nice. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you there. There's definitely. I always say stuff like, "Wow, this tastes like chicken." I have no fucking idea. Yeah, yeah, it I've, doesn't. I, it doesn't. Yeah, I have no idea. Um, anyway, well, we spoke to the dead. Uh, we. <laughs> We've had, we've had a lot of fun. of fun. I mean, that's the key. I mean, it's been a good episode. Oh, I think it's been pretty good, man. It's been pretty good. You know what? Fuck, fuck, fuck those guys out of the Hague. We're going to keep doing what we do. Fuck yeah. the haters, am I right, listeners? Fuck the haters, love the lovers. That's our <laughs> slogan. That should be our... That should be... Fuck the haters, love the lovers. Are we gonna, so we're not going to be the home of witty banter anymore. Now we're going to be fuck the haters, love the lovers. Both. I think we need to get some merch, and uh, that should be on the first, that should be on a hoodie. Fuck the what? haters, love the lovers. That's and actually also- a very bold thing to put on a hoodie. I think people would people would buy that. It would resonate with the sort of tribal nature of society today. Yeah. Let's get those little cultural sort of um, issues, and let's wiggle some room out of them to try and sell some merch. That's my yeah. opinion. Yeah, I think we'll figure it out. I think we'll get some merch. We'll get one bit of merch saying the home of voicey banter. One bit of merch saying fuck the haters, love the lovers. <laughs> uh, I think that makes sense. Um, are we going to not have the next section in part of the main podcast now, Johnny? What a slightly confusing sentence. Yes, I know, I know. I think what we've decided to do is we're going to uh, put the mail and fail bag behind a Patreon which maybe is unethical. Let us know what you think. But basically, <laughs> we need to... Let us know if you think we're being unethical. <laughs> Let us know if you agree with the human rights lawyer that we are unethical. Basically, um, we're thinking of doing that. So we're going to do that, I think, today. But then if that's too annoying, then do let us know. Yes, basically, we, we get lots of nice messages, but we also, as part of the Patreon, want to give you people a bit extra content, a bit of extra content. The Patreon is coming so, so soon. And so we're going to start doing the mail and fail bag as a just sort of bonus thing just for our helpers and stuff like that. Yeah, uh, If you want support from us, you have to support the podcast. Why? Because we live in a capitalist world where uh, kindness is being decimated by a relentless pursuit of money and profit. 
There, there you go, guys. There you go. <laughs> and if that doesn't make you want to give us money for more comedy content, <laughs> then nothing will. <laughs> no, but seriously, though, thank you very much for listening. Do sign up to the Patreon as and when it is available. You will know, obviously, uh, there'll probably be an advert at the beginning of this if and when it becomes available. Uh, but the main thing is, guys, subscribe. Keep giving us nice ratings and reviews on iTunes, please. And let us know if you have any uh, uh, fortune contacting the dead. I uh, hope this episode has been helpful. Uh, and finally, I'll just say, uh, God bless you. Me? And God bless Tunisia. <laughs> oh, my God. I changed it. From, I normally say God bless the United States of America, but recently I've been thinking, I think I'm blessed. I think God's been blessing them too much. Yeah, 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 God. God, you've made things so good in America. you got to freaking sort out some of these North African nations. Tunisia, was- a wonderful place to be blessed. Yeah, so um, good luck, Tunisia. I hope you uh, feel <laughs> the warmth of God's blessing that I have bestowed upon you. Yes. Yes, thank you. Um, okay. Um, well, in meanwhile, I'm Sean McLaughlin. <laughs> I'm Johnny Pallon. <laughs> we are Failing Better. better. A podcast from producerpaul.co.uk.